Hey everyone, Pratiti Pathak here. Welcome to Unpacking Brain Drama, where we talk about real life experiences, the challenges and the obstacles. Sometimes we use them to block ourselves. Sometimes we use them to grow and evolve. Here's what I wanna say. Obstacles are not the things blocking our path. Obstacles are the path. So in other words, we have to grow through what we go through. So join me as we have some amazing conversations with some amazing guests. Welcome to another episode of Unpacking Brain Drama. Today we have with us Annie Law, who is a 21-year-old native New Yorker, and she is passionate about storytelling and helping people. And over the years, she has developed a multimedia platform, NY Media, that includes a magazine, podcast, and a blog, embodies that passion. She is also the founder of Line by Moi, which is a go retailer of lifestyle brands aiming to reconnect people back to nature by supporting local eco brands. Her drive to create, build, and imagine started at a young age, but she has to thank her parents for inspiring her through the stories and hard work. If Annie needs three words to describe herself, it would be action-oriented, creative dreamer. Welcome, Annie. How are you? Hi, Fertiti. Thank you so much for having me in the lovely introduction. You're an amazing young gal and you are so young. And I always love hearing from young folks that have already done so much. I feel like you've already done so much. And to have that creative drive at such a young age, um, I always uh, am so envious of because I certainly didn't see any creative visions for myself at a very young age. What? I guess like age doesn't really matter because I look up to you so much and like how you you were able to overcome so much and still remain this, you know, positive like person that's like really contagious, by the way, um, which is like really good. Um, but thank you. Thank you. I love it. Well, yeah, you're right, because there were so many things that I had in my mind and there were so many things that I could see, though I didn't have the same belief in myself or the same confidence that I see in you. And I guess in some ways I did because I kept on going down that path mm-hmm. somehow in my mind I kept thinking I was doing it wrong and going against everybody but it's probably it's like I always say that the difference between like making it and breaking it is really the support system that you have behind you so when I think Mm -hmm. about you and thanking your parents clearly you had that type of support my parents were very supportive but they were also reserved in so many ways and fearful of me taking those risks and then not working out which I think I think so many parents, right? We don't want our kids to get hurt. Um, And in that, we sometimes so often hold our children back from really living out their true potential just because of that fear that we have um, where our kids, you, me at that age, not today, but at that (laughs) age, I didn't have that fear. I didn't have that same fear. Um, So tell me, you're doing a lot of things. So you have And Why Media. I love the name of both of your, both of your ventures, like And Why. Can you explain that a little bit, what that title really, really means? I know it's about storytelling, but tell us. Yeah, yeah. So And Why Media is a originally started as a personal blog. So I was just using my name um, as the name of the blog. Uh, But over time, I just realized that my story was never fully my own. Um, It was always uh, accumulation of all the stories that I've heard, lessons that I've learned from other people's stories. Um, And then I was able to rewrite my own and like tell my own um, in either a similar manner or very inspired by them. So I realized that um, I didn't want to only tell my story. I wanted to create a platform 
platform for other people to tell their stories, uh, whether they are writing about someone else or they're writing about themselves or simply documenting things that are happening right now. So I started out, um, started to change the blog, personal blog into a um, a blog that anyone can write on. Uh, so now we have up to like seven, eight writers. So it's really nice. Um, and then we take those blogs and then we turn, we put them into a magazine. So we uh, curate those articles and tell us different story in a different medium. Um, and that's for me to exercise creativity and for other people to who are interested in photography, um, editorial, you know, those those are a great platform for those um, people. And then I have my podcast, which is more of like a personal endeavor to talk to people and network and um, also tell stories in a audio form. So that's what it evolved to. And the focus is um, sharing people's why in life, uh, whether that's, you know, um, about, you know, their, um, you know, for example, if my why for telling stories is because I feel like um, stories like my parents often get unwritten and untold. So my why for creating and why was to tell those stories. And I want to offer those uh, people who don't have a chance to voice their opinions to voice their opinion. I think that's amazing. Uh, you're absolutely right. It's uh, really interesting that you just said that your people like your parents' stories never get written. Um, There's so many things you said there that I want to touch on. But you're, you're right. Uh, just this past um, May in like Memorial Weekend, right before Memorial Weekend, we had a little get together on a Zoom call with uh, some of um, some friends of mine, and my parents joined that Zoom, and it was like a it was like a little fifty second birthday happy hour for myself that I had. And uh, one of my friends asked uh, a fellow podcaster, actually Pablo Gonzalez, asked my parents, asked my father, what was that like? What was that conversation like between him and my mother on coming to United States? And my father told a version of that story, which was the version, like I had heard bits and pieces, but the response that my father gave to that question blew my mind because it was something I had never even heard. So it was really just a, a just an exciting moment for me because my dad said, actually, it was an accident. I'm like, what? You know, and he was like, I didn't even want to come. So this whole story unraveled from, I never heard it from start to finish. So it was really amazing to hear that. And just like you, as, as children, we probably hear little bits and pieces, but the story actually never gets told as a whole. Yeah. And I had thought the same thing at one point. I was like, I should interview older folks you know, that have experienced so much and, and ask them, like, what are some of their biggest um, successes and regrets and failures and like, and just, you know, they, there's probably so much wisdom in that. And yeah. when you talk to people and get their stories, are they generally people that have migrated to the country? Are there certain specific types of people, age groups? What are you normally looking for? Or who's your perfect person? Or is it anybody? Uh, it's everybody. Uh, the point at the point of having this platform is to share everyone stories, right? So it doesn't have to be immigrants. Um, there are people who are, you know, day-to-day -day photographers or people like you, which I've interviewed and like th that don't get, you know, a chance to uh, share their story um, unless it's like within their immediate circle. So it's it's nice to kind of allow people to share their stories with like different audiences who is curious, who want to know and, you know, get their story out there. Yeah, I think the 
podcast um, platform in itself is such an it's just such an amazing platform to be able to share stories. Though, um, even when I think about my coaching space, you know, so many times it is the story that we tell ourselves that holds us back or pushes us forward. Right? It can inspire ourselves or it can keep us in a place that's hurting. Right? Because there are so many different experiences that we go through as young people when we don't have really control over our own lives, like when we're children. And there's a story that we tell ourselves about what our past was, what our childhood was, and um, different experiences can be, I guess, we receive our experiences in different ways, right? If you are uh, in a family of different, you know, more siblings, um, everybody can have the same exact shared moment, but they're experiencing it differently. Mm -hmm. Some of them, and then we all perceive it. Um, in the way that we perceive it. But uh, so many times when I'm working with clients, they're using their story against themselves. Whereas you're talking to people about why they're doing what they're doing today in life, right? In their career, like what took you to this path? Is that generally the type of storytelling that you're asking about? Yep. That's that's, um, usually what I ask. Um, And then I um, try to ask them things that are a little uncomfortable if they're willing to answer them, you know, like what obstacles really shape them. Um, and generally the answer is, um, there's lots of little things that have challenged them, um, and some big things that really push them to their limits. But ultimately the story is, um, they wouldn't have got to where they were without going through something that was difficult, that was challenging, and uh, painful. So, uh, that was interesting pattern that I've seen in yeah, the I stories think, that I've collected. Yeah, I think that stands true for all of us, right? I, I always talk about anti-fragility and post-traumatic growth. We talk a lot about post-traumatic stress and we tend to think that it's like you have to be, you know, war related or it has to be some major trauma when usually the things that are interfering with um, our ability to achieve the success that we want in our lives are these little things that we have turned into really big things by the type of story that we're telling ourselves. Mm. So in my own case, you know, growing up as a little Indian girl in um, the early seventies, I went through a lot of being bullied and picked on. And I know that, yeah, I was lucky enough to meet you that way. Right. I ended up being an interview on your podcast and got to tell my story And that was the struggle that was holding me back, like going through being picked on and bullied. I ended up being, you know, the biggest bully to myself. Mm -hmm. And I became really good at people pleasing, which was a very long process of me getting out of doing that. And I still work on that because it's very easy to want to please other people, right? Where we are told that, you know, being nice to other people giving in to other people, sacrificing yourself. Like these are all qualities of being a good person also, right? So it's like, oh, we're generous, we're kind, but we're doing it at our own expense is where it Mm -hmm. starts hurting us. And I think that is the, you know, these are huge ways that um, interfere with um, achieving success in our lives in any area. And I don't mean just monetary or or business-wise success, but just success in relationships with ourselves and with others, and they may seem very small, but they take like probably the biggest chunk out of our self-confidence and our ability mm-hmm. to to be what we want to be in life. So, and that's what you're coming across the most. 
Yeah. And I agree. I think I'm at this point in my life, you know, in my early 20s, where um, I am being revisited by some trauma that I've experienced when I was younger. But um, one of the things that I kind of realized was we spend most of our lives when before, you know, until we graduate college, we're learning and learning in academia. Um, but something that they never really taught us was the things that we had to unlearn um, and the, the, the biases, the prejudices, um, uh, the old uh, defense mechanisms that are not working for us and no longer serving us. So a lot of those things are not really talked about. Um, we're learning and learning and learning, but then we have so many things that are um, keeping uh, holding us back, like you said, and that we have to unlearn. So going through that process of unlearning things right now, um, I definitely agree with you that there's a lot of things holding me back and then unlearning them is going to be a lifelong process. Yeah. And I think that just, and some of the things can be unlearned very quickly, but I think that you're absolutely right. It's something I talk about all the time. We spend our entire education um, process learning just the like social studies, sciences, math, and, you know, language, though we're not teaching the fundamental concepts of being a human being. Yeah, we are not teaching or as a matter of fact, we're teaching a lot of like, like lies, like somebody else is the cause of our hurt and pain. Yeah, other people's actions is what causes us pain. And we do that in very subtle ways, like, oh, little girl, you know, did did little girl hurt your feelings? Or oh, don't do that, that, you know, that makes mommy sad. And these are the things that are just not true at all. So we are so busy spending our entire lives doing, and it goes right back to that people pleasing things, right? Like I try to do things to make you like me, which is just a, a whole manipulation of its own, right? Mm -hmm. It's like not even being true to myself and it's not being true to you. So if you do end up liking me, you're not even liking the real me. Right. So yeah. Um, what is, so, so what are some of those things that have held you back? Uh, definitely self-doubt um, and things that I thought were true. Uh, like I, for example, um, you know, I didn't really work on line by one and why recently, because I was very busy, um, you know, with my life moving out and having a job. And I thought maybe um, I wasn't good enough to run my business. So I have to work for someone else. So that was like the story that I had to tell myself. Um, but I think the real truth is I just got a little burnt out and I needed to recalibrate and to be honest with myself about why I'm telling this story to myself and um, retell that story and rewrite those scripts and then get myself out of that uh, hell loop that I created for myself um, and then revisit and, you know, re-spark that passion and keep on going with the things that I'm passionate about. So that's a, that's a big one. I feel like that was recent. Yeah. And that's just from the story that you've been telling yourself about your childhood or some of the things that are, are holding you back yeah, or yeah. creating that self-doubt for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a universal. Um, no matter who you talk to in the world, there's some version of I'm not good enough. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And that's a that's a, that's a such a normal natural thing for us to have self doubt. Though it's the reasons that we're having it, or you know, just like you said, the story that you're telling yourself and rewriting your story. I think that's one of the um, key things that would change so much for so many of us is just telling a different version of the story for me that changed everything is like you have 
five things or even two things sometimes that <laughs> were not so pleasant in our childhood. And somehow we make our entire childhood about those two to five things when we could actually, and I've done this um, exercise with myself over and over and with so many people is tell me, tell me all the, just only tell me the good things that happened in your life. Like you had electricity, you had a great roof over your head. You, your parents always bought your favorite snacks or you had the best Friday nights watching TV with your family or with pizza night or whatever it is. Like just tell me all the things that were great during your childhood and, and, and leave out all the rest. Like it's so amazing. We, we think we're telling ourselves a lie by not being truthful as to what happened in our childhood. It's just that we really can just pick and choose out of our childhood what we really want to focus on. It's not mm-hmm. forgetting about it. And it's not saying it's okay that certain things happen. It's just letting them go, being forgiving about it because everybody's human trying to do the best they can, even if they did it all wrong and moving on. And most of the time, those those people are our parents or other family members because that's who we obviously spent the most time around and who we leaned on the most, right? That's who we counted Mm -hmm. on to be there for us. And those are the people that we generally think that let us down in some way. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and sometimes, you know, like you said, you know, being your biggest bully, a, a lot of it is just like forgiving myself too. And like forgiving oneself is like so hard because we hold ourselves to like the highest, you know, esteem. Um, but sometimes we make mistakes and then like we hold ourselves like, you know, to that. Um, but forgiving ourselves is a big uh, key to moving on from it as well. Yeah, it's a combination of thinking that other people are judging us. So we beat ourselves up for it. Yeah. Thinking about how other people are having their opinions about us. So I, I, I think about that a lot because I grew up and spent many, many years, you know, decades of my child, of my adulthood, thinking that I, you know, and telling the story on how I was bullied on a daily basis. And then Mm -hmm. I had to really question that, like, were you really bullied every day? Or did you just get bullied here and there? And then all the rest of the time you were busy bullying yourself or ruminating about it, like, oh, this is going to happen today. This is going to happen today. So whether it actually did or not, you already took care of bullying yourself that morning. Right. So, um, yeah, that is so true because uh, some of the things that we go through aren't even accurate on what we're telling ourselves. We, we don't even remember it accurately. And they say right. that. It's the same thing like whisper down the lane. If you tell a story and then 10 different people retell that same story, it's, it's going to be um, inflated. It's going to be diluted. It's going to be changed in some way. And it's not even going to be accurate by the time it gets to the other side. Usually two or three t- stories in, it's not even going to be the same story. It's the same thing when we tell our own story over and over. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It changes um, for the better or for the worse and so many times for the worse. So tell me, what are what is your end why? What is your big why for doing what you're doing? Uh, definitely allowing people to share their story. Um, giving people the platform like my parents. Um, And they don't have to be immigrants, like I said. They could just be, you know, day-to-day people who don't really, you know, get a chance to tell their story. Um, So that's kind of my why for and why. For Lime by Moi, it's more um, an environmental thing. I was always frustrated by the lack of environmental, you know, concern when I was younger. Um, I remember watching this video of like trees being chopped down and I demanded my parents to plant trees like right now. (laughs) 
and I was like 13 I was very demanding and stubborn um uh which pissed my mom off but she was like she's like you know what you'll you'll be able to do when when you grow up my dad was a little more supportive but he was like let's be realistic though when when we think about these things um so line by moi became like kind of uh was hinged on that idea that like I could do something I I could do something about it um so I was connecting different eco-friendly brands and um reselling those things and then also uh donating a portion of the profit to one tree planet which is every dollar donated is a tree planted so my dad used to joke like you can plant a million trees if you wanted to but not now but I was like well I could so that was like the story that I told myself you know story that I told myself and then I started line by moi hinging on that story that's gonna be pretty amazing for your parents to see that you actually um were so passionate about it and it wasn't just like a a fleeting moment for you when you were 13 that you actually followed through when your parents were like you can do that later when you get older and you're like yeah yeah well and then you did and then you are so what do your parents think about that now uh yeah they're proud of me they're proud of me that I was able to kind of uh, run a business do the things that I'm passionate about I think the reason why they're happy for me was because they never really had the opportunity to do it themselves Uh, they made a lot of sacrifices moving to America um, to put their dreams to the side Um, and also um, they were they didn't really have the resources to do their dreams so even if they you know didn't move to America um, they wouldn't have like the capability to run a business you know live their dream life back in Malaysia so I think they're really happy for me they're they're happy that I was able to live out my dreams um, even if they didn't get to so so they're very happy were they worried about risk? Like, did they want you to go down? Did they originally want you to go down the traditional, you know, go to school, get educated, get a degree and get a job? Well, I still did those things, but they weren't traditional in the sense of they wanted me to have a more stable uh, career. Like they kind of just supported me and they trust my uh, intuition on what's right for me uh, because, you know, they, 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 they understand what it's like to be controlled by parents who are not uh, very understanding. So they, they practice a lot of listening, which I think is helpful when it comes to um, building self-confidence and um, just determination for living my life on my terms. Wow. I think that's, I I think that's pretty amazing. It's pretty evolved for um, parents that came from another country here, because I don't hear that that often um, on being more liberal and open and, and just open to hearing a new way. You know, when I grew up here, my parents really didn't know much about what it was to grow up in America so they I, I, I don't think that they didn't want to hear me but they were, <laughs> they were driven more by their fear of something going wrong you know and then not right. being able to take care of it or handle it so I think that's pretty amazing um and so what both of these businesses is this something that and you have like seven eight writers now you said yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had like six writers, um, but now they're busy with like school. Um, but they like write whenever they want to. It's not like, you know, a consistent thing, but it's um, it's still nice to see that people want to tell something, right? Share a story about something, whether it's about themselves. Like, like recently, someone wrote about having to take a gap year or um, there's like other people who email me saying they want to write about um you know, sharing resources of how to start a business, even despite the pandemic. Um, so it was just nice to see that, you know, there's like this interest in telling stories and helping people through those stories. Um, yeah. So that's like kind of like the progress that we've made so far. Yeah. And you must get a tremendous amount of growth through hearing all of these stories, because I know that that's one of the, uh, 
one of the main goals that I had for being able to do this podcast is just who the, the thought of who I would become on the other side of working with people and learning and growing from them and their stories. Um, it, it like contributes so much to my own involvement. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And I, what I love about and why is that, um, you know, these stories can be curated and um, we can also kind of choose and like pick them and put them into a magazine um, and then allow people to kind of uh, consume information and other people's stories in a more visual way. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that as well. That's awesome. Um, so where do you see both of these companies going? Like, what is it? Do you have like an ultimate vision for where it's going and where you want it to end up? Yeah. So and why I, I really hope that it becomes this like platform that, you know, can run on its own. And like, there's writers and storytellers from all over. Um, and then we can continue, you know, pushing out these magazines and expand and, um, you know, move out of just New York, New York City writers and just move into more national and maybe even international spaces. Uh, for A Line by Moi, my vision is actually a retail space, which um, wasn't the plan originally, but I was hoping that we can expand into a retail space and then host a lot of events that can educate people on the environmental sustainability initiative and hopefully turn it into a very holistic place where people can kind of find a refuge in in terms of uh, connecting with people who believe in the same things and hope for change you know so what type of thing so line by moi right line by me is um explain to me exactly what like what what would be the reason for me to go there? What am I buying there? What is that experience like? So um, originally it's a a retail kind of platform, but now we're moving into a more marketplace platform. So um, originally I had to like pick and choose the brands that I like um, identified with and then I would resell them. But now I kind of felt that there was like this disconnect with, um, you know, just buying and selling and not really connecting people with the brands themselves. So I wanted to create create a marketplace instead. So what they do now is like they post their products on our site. Um, and then we do a lot of work trying to spread their message um, and telling their story. So it's kind of like a different version of NY, but more um, eco-friendly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I mean, I like that they uh, intertwine like that. So line by moi, like, so if I am somebody who is more eco-friendly and I want to purchase more eco-friendly uh merchandise uh is it is it just clothing or is it anything it's beauty um it's beauty right now but we're trying to move into fashion as well because you know i went to fit which is the fashion institute of technology and my friends my best friends are fashion designers so a lot of them are very concerned with sustainability so a lot of like these handmade garments are made with you know specific fabrics or maybe even fabrics from like our old clothes so it's really nice to see that they're upcycling and they they're creating garments that are good for the environment or actually just just better than fast fashion in general. Um, so I want to include people like that, you know, who don't really want to make a website to promote their stuff, but they want a platform to kind of sh- share their story. So I want to kind of create a, a platform that allows for them to have that space, you know? Yeah. 
And when you're purchasing things that are more eco-friendly, you know, I think that there's, um, since not everybody's familiar with it, are products that are more eco-friendly, like when I think about buying organic um, food, which is what I normally do, I will always buy something that's organic and, you know, um, and I notice that, you know, anything that's a better quality or better for you health-wise and otherwise and for the environment tends to be a little more expensive. Would that be the case here as well? Are you paying a little bit more for these types of products? or not necessarily I feel like there's so many beauty products out there that are like so expensive and what you're really paying for is the packaging because of you know the extensive marketing and the you know the packaging and whatever they're marketing so it's like I don't think there's um, a more expensive price um, in my opinion but yes I mean if you are let's say low income it's going to be hard to buy anything Um, it's hard to tell low income people to be like oh you need to be more sustainable buy more sustainable stuff like when fast fashion is much cheaper so I I always tell people this because um, being eco-friendly comes in a spectrum Uh, we have to be a little bit more mindful the way we convince people to live more eco-friendly you know sustainability um, comes in many ways there's environmental sustainability mental sustainability, which is what we're really discussing about. Um, And then the financial sustainability. So all those things are important when it comes to talking about sustainability. But when we only talk about environmental sustainability and we leave out the mental health and financial stability, it's really hard to convince people to uh, be more sustainable, you know, when they have other things that are priority. Um, so I try to be more mindful that it's not as black as white as it seems, you know, that, you know, there are people who are really trying, um, and whether that's in fashion or maybe just switching out one or two things in their, um, you know, cabinet, those that's still progress, you know, that's, that's still like trying, um, we have to like stop being hard on people for like little things and in regards to environmental sustainability. I agree. I think we just need to learn how to love on people for exactly where they are in their lives because everybody's got different situations and circumstances around them. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, I think that we always tend to think that somebody's doing something wrong, but really we're all just doing the best that we can. I honestly believe that even when, you know, we all have different standards and something that you touched on way earlier is we're always so much harder on ourselves and, and one of the things that I committed to a few years ago is just treating myself with the, the love and compassion and forgiveness that mm-hmm. I easily extend to anybody else and very rarely had been giving it to myself. So that was one of the things that I wholeheartedly committed to is just learning how to be more loving and forgiving and compassionate to myself um, because that is the person that I am the most hard on and I believe that is true for for most of us that we are very hard on ourselves we would never treat um, our friends or even a perfect stranger the same way we treat ourselves so that if anybody could take one thing away from that is that is probably one of the most important gifts that you could give to yourself is um, just developing a better relationship with you and and just trusting in yourself. Even when there's times that we don't think we're doing the right thing, every time we think we did something wrong or we should have done it differently, it's because we have a new awareness, you know, mm-hmm. and we did whatever we did. We did it with, you know, the best of intention in that moment. Like that's the best thing that we could do. So yeah, we can exactly. always do something better. Once we think about something better, we can always change it. That's yeah. the thing that we should stop doing is being so hard on ourselves. So tell me, Annie, I 
love everything you're doing. I'd love to do something together with you as well, because I think that we're so much on the same path, same path with so many things. Um, I, if people can see me, if you watch this on YouTube, I, I, I bow down to how much vision you have at an early age, because I think that that vision doesn't always come at that age. So many times at that age, we're just so freaking confused about everything that we don't know what to do or where to go with it. So um, just hats down to you. I think that you are doing amazing out there. So if somebody wants to reach out to you to tell their story, how do they do that? How do they find you? Uh, they can go, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Annie Law, or you can you can like reach out to me through DMs or email me at nymedia at gmail.com. Um, and for, you know, line by moi, if you want to be a vendor or like tell, you know, your business's story, uh, you can reach out to me at Annie at linebymoi.com. That's amazing. Thank you very much. This was been, this is a, a very enlightening conversation because I think that one of the biggest things that's going on right now out there in the world is telling stories and telling mm-hmm. your own story and deciding whether you want to rewrite that story because the one that you've been telling yourself isn't serving you well. 100%. A lot of unlearning, a lot of rescripting. Yes, yes. And, it, you know, writing letters to ourselves, our past selves, our future selves, um, we have so much wisdom um, within ourselves that we don't ever even look into. You know, mm. only we know the best for ourselves. I see your beautiful little kitten in the background. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so you guys are going to have to see us on YouTube. She looks super cute. And um, I'm so happy to have this conversation with you. Annie, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was really good. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Unpacking Brain Drama Podcast. You'll find links for all the things mentioned below in the show notes. And it would be incredibly awesome if you would take a quick moment to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. If you'd like to be considered as a guest on our podcast, be sure to go to www.resultsbydesigncoaching.com for a free 30-minute coaching session. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time.